Welcome back to this week's installment of Expand Your Mind and Be Kind. Thanks for joining Ryan and I on our adventure, and I hope everyone enjoys our episode. Thank you. Ryan. all right so we're gonna start this week off with a quote from the inventor nikola tesla the progressive development of man is vitally dependent on an invention it is the most important product of his creative brain its ultimate purpose is to complete mastery of mind over the material world Harnessing the forces of nature to human needs. The discussion that we're going to be doing today is going to be over self-driving cars. Is it the future? Is it not? Is it the past? I don't know. <laughs> but only time will tell. Right. So... so- no, I, I insist you go. You go, No, you, you go ahead. No, I, I insist. Oh, okay. Say first. Um, so I think a, a good place to start this conversation would be around maybe like looking at some of the benefits and then some of the downfalls or the, the I guess, kind of not great or negative things the about self-driving cars. Yeah, the pros yeah. and cons. I like that. What do you, what do you think about some of the benefits what what would be some of the benefits of self-driving cars so self-driving cars is a fairly new phenomenon and the attraction to it or like the perceived benefits of having them is essentially that you would not waste your life away behind a wheel Whenever you hop in a car, whether it be just at the grocery store or to a local restaurant or on a road trip across the country, you could be doing other things in the car while the car drives, such as, I don't know, you could work. You could spend time with the people in the car with you by playing games or socializing. You could be creative uh, there's any number of possibilities you could choose to do with your time on the road and think of how many hours of life you would be gifted back in your lifetime by being a rider in a self-driving car. What would you do if you didn't have to drive and you could ride in the car? Um, I think it would be either playing games like with people that I was with in the car like a board game, card game, whatever. Or if I was by myself, I would probably play online games with other people. So you think there could be, I mean, other than obvious phone games where you could be connected through a cell network, there would need to be like some sort of either satellite connection or Wi-Fi capabilities in the vehicle to be able to do something like that. I don't know. You've got the the new SpaceX universal Wi-Fi in the making. True. Yeah, that is a good which, point. Which what is what is that called again? 
I think they call it Starlink. Starlink yep, is the it. name of it. Yeah. Um, and with that kind of massive communication capability, it doesn't really matter where you are. You should be able to get high-speed internet. Are we, is, this, is this episode just a plug for Tesla and, and for Elon yeah. Musk, basically? Because I feel like yeah. everything that they're working on is going to be circulated. It's going to be centered around the future of self-driving cars. That is a great segue into our sponsor of this episode is Tesla <laughs> Motorworks. <laughs> Not um, officially condoned. <laughs> I didn't right. say us. Yeah. So, okay. So some of the like benefits are you get time back. You don't really have to worry about making decisions on the road. You just kind of sit back and do, do the, well, do the thing. The argument also, uh, self-driving cars will be safer. It is, it doesn't have emotions. It doesn't have poor reaction times. It can't be impaired. By substances such as alcohol so and... let me let me ask a question really quick about that so what you're telling me is cars can't text and drive they can and they you won't could, you... be distracted exactly because they computers and machines don't have it's much harder to be limited by multitasks than humans and are usually single track uh, thought processes um but you 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 would if every car on the road was a self-driving car they would all communicate with each other and you would virtually never have a wreck the wild card in the mix is the humans on the road with their unpredictable behaviors and mistakes and whatever it may be that cause wrecks and when every car on the road is self-driving and communicating with each other if something were to happen like a tree falls on the road or the bridge messes up or all the cars would communicate and do and act accordingly safely but that may not always be the case i think that's a good segue into our cons the negatives of self-driving cars sure so ryan what would you if so like assuming uh the automated vehicle is a thing in the next 10 years what would you be your greatest concerns hopping um, into a self-driving car i i personally feel liberated by the idea of a self-driving car i think my my concern is more with the general public uh, and their acceptance of a change in the way. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, for a lot of people, I mean, think of people that rely on that for work. You know, they're, they're mm-hmm. truck drivers, and, and some of them are already, you know, experiencing some influx of, uh, they're already testing self-driving, you know, semis and things right. like that. Tesla's They'll be able to transport um, goods and things across the country or you know throughout parts of the world and so that that part of it is is a little bit different but i but i feel like with automation and technology that's just naturally going to displace people that had jobs that were more uh, manual i don't consider driving manual labor but 
Um, it in in some I ways it's it hands is. on, right? So I think that's definitely one thing is economic impact that it would have, and that's an entire box of worms that we could open up and talk oh, about. Yeah. The implications uh, that, that, of that. that is a whole that is a whole present issue in the world right now that we could yeah. definitely spend a lot of time talking about. But also, but, I mean, even, it can, even on those lines, like there will be no more DUIs, like police officers won't have i mean they there's going to be so much less ticket writing and traffic there's there there will be no traffic court for whatever reason and that will have a huge impact as well economically Right. The if anything, we could change the acronym to driving using internet, and then it becomes like some sort <laughs> of like positive thing. One right. thing that yes, you mentioning that does make me think too. There, there's a whole lot of cost associated with, um, you know, human errors cause you know external and environmental mm-hmm. factors because that's the majority of where accidents happen, um, and so you you eliminate that cost now that's a huge um that's a huge cost to the individual person and insurance companies and and that is also part of it but you know we can also look at that as kind of a benefit of not having as many of those collisions or accidents and funneling that money into something else more meaningful mm-hmm. like think and um, think of the lives climate saved. yeah absolutely that's right. like I mean, yeah, I'm definitely not saying that money is more important than human lives. I I was more just thinking, uh, you, but I'm you but I'm also saying that, Ryan. <laughs> but I but I'm also not really on the negatives. I, I I mean, one other con is, I think it's just a matter of how these are produced and um it, at what point you know does a machine or AI become it autonomous. hit the point of of being autonomous and making decisions based on and that, what it wants to do versus what you're asking it to do. That that is another huge rabbit hole. Like the topic of AI is, I mean, it's actually it's actually a topic in legislation because there's so much worry about the future of AI and the human race as a whole. But we, with that, that'll be for another day. Sure. Um, it's. I feel like with anything, change takes time. Change is scary. If you think about back at the turn of the century when the automobile, the gas-powered automobile, was, you know, being normalized in the world, there was a lot of opposition to it. People were scared. People thought driving a hunk of metal around was dangerous you know they would run people over they would you know f- fly off the road and destroy property they were seen as scary dangerous machines but as people grew used to them and realized that wow that this actually has a lot of use and this betters us this makes us as the as humans more efficient it improves our quality of life uh, it makes this much more mobile. It like made this horse obsolete. It took time, but it finally happened, and and we never looked back. 
see do you think that will happen with the self-driving car as opposed to the traditional gas-powered or electric um, car? you know i i feel like there'll have to be legislation to push people in that direction um especially with something like your car i mean it's a huge economic cost Mm -hmm. and let's say the year before there's uh, and there there would probably be a phased approach Mm -hmm. what is what i would assume but i mean if i bought a car a year before i was supposed to have a self-driving car or pay for it or have a license for it or a permit or whatever they decide to do and then you know i spent forty or fifty thousand dollars on a new car i mean that how does the government take care of that right if you're going to require mm-hmm. me to to do this like are you going to pay me for that car and then are there going to be taxed cycle tax it breaks? you know like right. there there are there are a lot of nuances to the conversation but i feel like um we're at kind of a turning point for the world right now in a lot of directions socially and the way that our cities and towns and mm-hmm. states are functioning and how we right. travel and how we transport things, that's definitely in the forefront of the conversation. And we, I think what we've realized over the years is how many really needless deaths happen from automobile accidents and those kinds of things. And if we can do anything to help curb that i i think that's definitely something that people will be at least receptive to talking about Mm -hmm. um you you do lose some locus of control when you're talking about letting a car drive which which i think for people that have driving you know Uh their own car self they have themselves been driving the car for their whole life um i think that would be a challenge but i like but i also think that we are going to be in a position where we kind of all need to be doing the same kinds of things. I mean, the same conversation with electric cars. And I know that's not what we're talking about right now, but some, I mean, at I some mean, point they're going to have to regulate that people buy electric cars. I mean, that the pollution is, it's really insurmountable well, I, for what's going on with uh, climate change and carbon emissions. Like pe- some people that I know, they have a family of three people and they have five vehicles. Right. I mean, like, that's, that's in, that American, we have all the vehicles in our family, even our like poorer families. Like it's fairly common for everyone of driving age to have a vehicle. But Whether, then it also, you know, makes you think, at this point, does it make more sense to set up public transportation infrastructure rather than self-driving cars? Like, right. wouldn't wouldn't that, as a majority, make more sense? I don't know. I mean, right. or maybe uh, self-driving mass transit. Oh my lord! Yeah, yeah. I think there are plenty of. Uh, I think the opportunity to do something that's on a track is far more short-term feasible than something mm-hmm. that's you know, free reign to, but there is a lot of people out there who, you know, it, that see that as a step backwards, you know, in the progression of human ingenuity and invention. And you might run into resistance there. I mean, people don't want to go back to the rail. They want to develop the hyperloop and have almost hypersonic travel underground. 
But, right. I mean, but, but so what do you think then about how how this conversation goes? Do you think it's an inevitability that we have self-driving cars and that's the solution? Or do or, you think something else? Like mass transit on uh, using a different modality. Right. Is it a, a supplement to that? Or right. is it a, this is just what everybody does? I mean, I feel like car manufacturers or automobile manufacturers are here to stay at least for the foreseeable future and i feel like the automated car has so much promise as opposed to like so mass transit you have to go to a station that is connected to another station somewhere else in fixed locations. It is it is more efficient for moving large amounts of people, but it's less convenient. And the self-driving car kind of gives you the best of both. It's true. Both efficient, well, less efficient than mass transit, but it's much, much, much more convenient. I mean, think about your transit to work. You hop in your car, plug it in, start working on your emails for the day or the thing that you didn't do yesterday that you probably should have for work that you're doing now, but now you have time because your car is self-driving. But also think of the convenience of going out with friends to the bars instead of getting wasted and having to walk five miles to the metro station or the train station. You just pop out stumble to your self-driving vehicle and hit the send me back home button if you're at least coherent enough to do that and you sleep the whole way home doesn't what my mind keeps going back to is wouldn't it make more sense to just do self-driving taxi service like if that if the goal is to give people convenience we wouldn't mm-hmm. even have to own a car true like I, oh my look Uber the argument of that. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying is like the argument would be, uh-huh. why do I need to own a car when the the reason that I'm having a self driving car mm-hmm. is so that I can have my time back, so I can not have to drive. Now, I mean, right. granted, the current state of that is there are still human beings driving you, even if you're not driving. Um, right. But and you replace that with technology, whatever. But it, it really makes the argument against owning a car. And instead of owning a car, you just call one. You order, it, order you the service. It or text it mm-hmm. or whatever you, you Uber, do. And you then lift. it shows up and it waits for five seconds. And then if you don't show up, then it goes somewhere. Oh, man, that's too fast. But <laughs> yeah, <a little> um, <laughs> I, I just feel like that that's going to be a far more feasible if this whole self-driving concept hits home. And True. even like on the timeline that you're mentioning within the next 10 years, if that's, if that's when it's more widely available, I really see that is a way of mm-hmm. doing things then you know uber, the other part uber is, is actually go ahead well i was just going to say the other part of it is that it, long like long road trips versus short commute um mm-hmm. it, it is that still a taxi service fueling 
Um, are they going to be electric self-driving cars? Are they going to use some other fuel source? You know, like there, mm-hmm. there's a whole, a whole other conversation to of, have about that too. Right. But a lot of possibilities. Yeah, I mean that that's it. There are just so many variables that I feel like testing it out and seeing how people receive it. I think you know you you would have asked people in 1990, do you want to get in a you want to get on an app and, and request a car from a stranger to come pick you up and take you somewhere. Like that's, it would be horrifying. That's pretty foreign. Um, let alone like ordering that for your kids or, mm-hmm. uh, for whatever else. So I, I feel like just the simple fact that that's been widely accepted and that's been normalized within the past, I would say even five years that there's definitely traction who cares if it's a self-driving car or a human right. being, you know, like that's something that I think is a little more negotiable. Well, Uber actually has done a lot of R&D into self-driving and they've they've experimented with it. But that one incident that happened in, I believe, Arizona with that car, the self-driving Uber got in a wreck. Oh, yeah, in Phoenix. Like it, yeah, yeah, it completely derailed their program um and i I think it's still it's still there they're still doing but it's it's been slowed down significantly right they have a human safety driver in the car is like a precaution in case the car which i feel that that's a good middle ground i mean you would feel more comfortable if there was a there was a driver a captain of the ship Instead of just having it free roaming while no one's paying attention to where you're going kind of thing. Humans sure. would definitely were used to having a driver. And suddenly if there is no driver <laughs> it's a lot to that's a lot to get comfortable with. Right. It might be a way to ease people into accepting that as right. a way of getting around too. Well, I know Uber's reasons for doing it is because it would think that it's their profitability. If they didn't have to pay drivers and, you know, make sure that they were vetted and it, that whole process, they would make a bunch more money. Yeah. And so maybe maybe the answer is maybe the answer lies with the the transportation uh, giants like Uber and and Lyft and 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 then others. Yeah, and I mean, people it's... are gonna get people are gonna get used to it, and they're gonna be like, "Wow, I I like this. I don't like paying car tax. I don't like buying a car for thirty thousand dollars when I could just spend money here and there." pay maybe like a monthly subscription fee for unlimited rides to get where I need to go without having any of the responsibility of ownership. And that kind of a model works out far better when you don't have to account for, yeah, compensating someone who's actually facilitating that interaction. Mm -hmm. Which that's a whole nother rabbit hole. Like all the, all the Uber drivers that will be at a business. All the taxi yeah. drivers. It kind of gets rid of, of the one huge element of the gig economy. Right. 
But I feel like self-driving one way or another is here to stay. Mm-hmm. And I think it is going to be the future. I, I, especially the, the younger generations, they love the idea of not having to drive. Like I know you and I, even though we're not so young, <laughs> uh, I know both of us feel it would be a awesome convenience to be able to just hop in a vehicle, maybe not even need to plug in where you go. Maybe just like press the button that says work or something. Sure. And you just let it go and think of all the meaningful things we could do. Not Not just like entertaining yourself, all of the things you could accomplish, whether it be school or work. Or, you know, being creative. All that time would be gifted back that we normally wouldn't have had. And that that sounds very appeasing. Sure, absolutely. So what do you think are some, some ways that you could talk about this with someone who might not be as receptive to the idea? of self-driving cars what are maybe what are some arguments or just ways that you can approach that conversation that you would consider well this is definitely this is this is where you can where you can be kind and the skill of self-awareness is by a just listening to what people are saying, being self-aware of the reaction that is causing, whether that be a good or bad one, however you feel with what you, whatever the person is saying, whether or not you agree with it, and just giving the person time to talk. I know personally, I have a lot of mixes of opinion in my family. There are sometimes it. Thanksgiving, we get a little bit crazy with the with the debates. Um, but it it would it's so much more constructive and way less harmful to family relationships or friends or your significant other when you just are aware of the reaction that it causes. You stop that reaction and listen. Do you have anything to that you would add or you would do differently? I, I don't I mean I don't feel like a lot of those conversations where people are met with uh, kind of an adversarial opinion that people don't ask questions enough. I feel mm-hmm. like most people are trying to argue their point rather than understand the other person. And so Right. I think getting curious instead of getting defensive or offensive in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. there are a lot of name calling that or claiming that someone's uninformed or they're narrow minded or whatever it might be. Um, you can you can ask some questions to find out why or how or when they develop that perspective. And then you can dig into kind of the crux of why they're against the idea in the first place. Um, Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, I mean, like you said, giving people space to just 
say their piece, um, it, it often ends up being a, yeah, it ends up being an argument rather than a conversation. Right. And, and at the end it, of the day, if your goal is to make someone feel bad about thinking what they think, then approaching things that way can be pretty effective. But if your goal mm-hmm. is to help them like understand a different perspective, then mm-hmm. yeah, you need to approach the conversation differently. Yep. Understanding is a lot more meaningful than straight out like word battles where you're trying to convert your spirit. You're vainlessly trying to convert somebody else to your belief system. And I think there's a big difference between trying to persuade somebody that your way is the right way or your thinking Mm -hmm. is the right way of doing it versus just introducing another way to think about it. Right. And that, that goes into, yeah, it it goes into an argument is what it ends Mm -hmm. up being is, you know, you're, you're wrong and I'm right. And it's zero sum game. And that, and that isn't necessarily a productive way to, to live. Right. Seek understanding, not arguments cool well we conquered the topic of self-driving cars (laughs) and we will look back years from now and see whether we were right or wrong but Mm -hmm. that is it's gemini's take on what we think about self-driving cars and vehicles what that could look like tbd tbd In today's Be Kind segment of the episode of Self-Driving Cars, we're going to talk a little bit about a few strategies and tips that you can use to have conversations with people that you disagree with, especially on some controversial topics like self-driving cars. Uh, When people feel like they have a loss of control, something is different than they're used to, they'll often be defensive. And so what we would encourage you to do is instead of kind of taking that bait and trying to attack the other person, claim that they're uninformed, um, name call or any of those kinds of things, or try to, you know, push your point down their throat. One other thing that you could consider doing is becoming curious uh, and giving that other person space to give their points and their view. And what you might find is when the person is giving you their perspective, you can dig into it. Instead of saying what you think, you could ask more about what they think. And what this does is this gets them to think about why they think what they think. And it can be very helpful for at some point, if you feel it's worthwhile to maybe give them some nuggets of thoughtfulness around a different approach or a different way of thinking about that. So a few questions that you could try. Tell me a little bit more about how that belief or how that opinion was formed. Where did you hear about that or read about it? or learn about it. Another question that could be helpful is, can you give me an example of whatever the topic is and what you have just said in context with that? And then finally, another question that you could ask is, okay, so tell me a little bit more. And and, and that's not really a question, but it's more of just a prompt to get them to talk more about what they're thinking and what they're saying. Um, And that will help you have more healthy, better 
interactions with other people, especially for those kind of rough topics, uh, especially the controversial ones. Thanks for listening to our episode, and we'll look forward to seeing you around. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to it as much as Jim and I enjoy making it. If you'd like to subscribe, we will be sending out future content uh, within the coming weeks, months, and years. So feel free to do that, and we'd oh, love to have you around. And Ryan, don't forget we're on social media. Oh, that's right. We are on Twitter at ExpandMind, be kind, and that is the letter B. Uh, and then uh, we are also on Gmail. If you want to send us an email, it's uh, expandyourmindandbekind at gmail.com. Yeah, send us questions or any thoughts that anyone may have, and uh, can't wait till the next episode. Like Dr. Dre.